0: Hello, hello, hello. This is Tooth to This is Dr. Walter Aka. I have the pleasure of having Dr. Corey Black back on the podcast because he wanted to break down everything that he's going through when it comes to opening a brand new office. Not an office that he purchased that had already been built and everything. He's literally building from ground up. And I thought the best person to talk to about that because there are so many people that want to begin this journey but just don't. And so I said, hey, you know, uh, Dr. Black, can you come on on here and kind of give us that insight? And he is honestly an open book. So he says, hey, ask me anything you want. So, Dr. Black, what is going on, sir? Thank you for coming back. How's man. it going? Yeah, man. Thanks
1: for having me. Um, I got really good feedback from the first podcast that we did together. So. I'm excited, and like you said, I'm an open book. So I'll tell you anything you want to hear,
0: and that's exactly what I want to hear. Uh, so let's just jump right in because I'm real excited about this. I really am. You know, you're doing let's something do that even myself, I I wasn't able to do. So I'm very excited and happy for you. Uh Let's just jump into it. So when did you know that it was time for you to go in on your own? Yeah.
1: So I'm I'm a very uh intuitive person, right? So I'm always like hyper aware of like. Uh, like what my body is telling me, right? And so, for a while, I've been working, actually not even that long, a few years, I've been working as um, an associate in New York City, just a bunch of different offices. Since I finished residency, I probably worked in, like, probably close to 10 different offices. Um And what I found is that in each office, it was, like, one or two things that I either wanted to change or, you know, I would think to myself, if I could open my own office, these would be things that I would implement into that office. Um, and so... And I think I talked to you about it on the last podcast, right. there, were, uh, there was a time where I got fired actually two times unexpectedly, even though I was doing great work and like giving my all to these offices. Um And there's that feeling of being disposable. You know, if you work, you work hard for so many years. For me, it was like an 11 year journey Um only to be treated like you're not really valued. Yeah, like and you're so, disposable. Um, yeah, literally disposable. You know what I mean? And it's just like, one day you wake up, you think you have job security, and then the next day, that's it. Um, and so I, I just don't, I didn't like that. Um, and everything Emmy was saying, just, you know, start doing the research to figure out, like, what the steps are to open your own. And, um, I, like you, I didn't know anything about it. You know what I mean? But, um, I started the journey really by talking to doctors who've done it. And, um, it kind of led me to the resources that allowed me to do more extensive research. So that's where I am right now
0: okay well let's start with you know so you decided you want to go on your own how did you find a mm-hmm. location that you want oh, to open because you're in, in new york correct that's right yeah so, so land so, is very sparse Mm-hmm. it's true this is true
1: and it's super saturated with dentists <laughs> so um i think for me again it's, it's my intuition so i you know i've lived in brooklyn since i moved to new york and um There's a, there's a part of Brooklyn. It's like Fort Greene, Clinton Hill. If you ever see like the Cosby show or, um, like when you think of Brooklyn with the brownstones. Right. That's, that's what this neighbor or these neighborhoods kind of embody. They have like the the traditional architecture and, um, but what's interesting about Brooklyn, especially the part that I'm going to open my office is that, um, gentrification is real. Oh, so it is rapidly changing, man.
0: Yeah, you know, I I watch um, what's that show? A million dollar listing, right? And yeah. and they keep talking about how Brooklyn is building up and it's growing. You know, and uh, my wife actually grew up in Brooklyn, so when we went back, we were like, "Man, this is—I mean, this is serious, huh?" Gentrification is real.
1: It is really real. Yes, and the, I mean, the, since the time that I've been there, it's changed. It's changed so much. Um, so much construction is going on right now. Like, I'm sure in, in ten years it'll look like a completely different area. It almost like, it looks like, um, it's starting to look like Manhattan with the, the high rise buildings and
2: oh, okay. luxury
1: living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, for me, I was like, all right, I can, I can see and feel the change happening, right? And so there's, there's a street, um, in Brooklyn. It's called Fulton Street. If you're, if you're from New York, you know, Fulton Street is like where all the, the there's like a, a mall and then it's a bunch of shops, stores, piggy smalls is from, uh, a street right off the Fulton, K- Little Pim, all of that. So, um, one day I was just like walking down Fulton street and I was like, you know what, if I ever opened an office, this would be the location, this would be it. And so literally what I did was I did that. I walked down the street and then I, I, um, I saw like, it was like a, a number for this like real estate company and it was saying like, if you're interested in this space, call. And honestly, I had really no, um, real intention of of pursuing it. I just wanted to like get a feel for what the price would be. So I reached out and I um, I actually met up with a real estate agent and we looked at the space together and uh, we decided it was too small. He says, you know what? I have another one that's like right down the street. I, I want you to check it out. I know it's a little further from the location that you want, but honestly I think it's, it's a gem. Like it, it'll be, it'll be a good catch for you. And so, um, you know, we got in this car and we drove down the street and once I saw the space, I fell in love with it. Immediately I fell in love with it. And, um, the thing that kind of caught my eye is the fact that like if you if you're in New York and you're in Brooklyn you see a lot of the um the buildings are old they're just old buildings with like they have just been renovated um but this building was brand new this building like 2016 or 17 and it was like huge you know windows um storefront like beautiful beautiful space and so we went inside and we looked and um you know I realized that it actually is a catch okay <laughs> it's, a, it's it's about total 2,000 square feet. Um, it's actually a duplex. It has like a back a backyard patio area and a private elevator.
0: right? Wait a minute, okay. So yeah, man. okay, well let's break that down real quick. So did you yeah, let's before we, let's rewind, did you do any kind of uh, like demographic analysis before you said, hey, I'm gonna live here or I'm gonna, I'm gonna work in this area or I'm gonna build my office in this area or did you just kind of go off of like, hey, this is the traffic that I'm seeing?
1: You know what? It's a combination of both, actually. Okay. So I think I kind of did things out of order, right? So I just kind of reached out without doing any research. And then it just started to evolve from there. And then I said, wait, let me take a few steps back. <laughs> <Right>. Um, <laughs> because in my research, I found that you should do a thorough demographic report. Right. You know, you have to make sure that, you know, you have, you have to see how many dentists are in that area, see what your competition is, see like what the average income is. You know, you know what demographics are. The, right. Race, gender breakdown, That's it. income, all of that. Um, and so what I did is I went online and I found a, um, a site that actually allows you to do a demographics report for free, for free, for free. So there's no and, catch. Um, there was no catch. What, what's, well, the, what's the, what's catch the web? Is... What's the website? <laughs> ah, man. How about this? After the podcast, what I'll do is I'll give you all this information. Perfect. And then,
0: then I, I don't have like up. the specific.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I think Perfect.
2: that's
1: what I'm saying. Um, so I did it for free. The only catch I guess is that it's a little outdated it was like five years back okay and the thing is you know brooklyn is changing so rapidly now i'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead now what i did was when i was talking to the banks um i actually got one of the banks to pay for an updated demographic support for free
0: we'll talk about that too yeah okay you're, so okay. I, you're throwing a lot of gems out right now this is perfect go ahead
1: yeah man yeah so I, I actually got two demographic support and the actually the second one that's like in real time it confirmed everything that the first one showed and it confirmed everything that I was seeing with my eyes. Got gotcha. you know, just living in the community.
0: Yeah. Got gotcha. you. Okay, so so you, you you get a demographic, you actually evaluate the area. You said it was a duplex, mm-hmm. so there's an upstairs yeah. and a downstairs, and most dental offices yeah. aren't duplexes. That's right. Right. So so what are you going to do with the second floor?
1: So I'm going to start small, right? So I'm going to build out the, the first level to be. um It's beautiful, right? And my thing is, I want to focus on like patient experience. I don't want you to feel like you're at the dentist okay. in my office. Right? Okay. I'm gonna have like modern um, interior design and all of that. But um for the lower level, actually what's interesting is the lower level, most people consider it a basement but it's actually not It's zone for commercial space. Okay. And so I checked with my architect and I'll talk about talk about that too. I hired an architect, talked to the architect and he said that um, in the future what we can do is we can build opportunities oh. down there. And so I still haven't figured that out, like, the details of how that's going to work in terms of, like, patient flow and working with um the hygienist going up and down the elevator. But um we'll see. I mean, I just, I didn't want to be locked into a space that didn't allow me to grow. Right. That's the thing. Right. That's the thing. In New York City, a lot of the spaces are so small. And a lot of these practice owners that I met, they're limited by the amount of space that they have. Of course. One or two, one or two options. like, okay, you can only see so many patients in a day. For me, I wanted to be able to expand because I don't know how quickly... Um, the practice is going to grow. So at least uh, having the option or the the ability to grow was something that was appealing and attractive about the space.
0: Okay, let's let's go back again and talk about the demographics. Yeah. You talked about let's talk about the race the race demographics in that area, and then let's talk about yeah. the income um, because I mean you you need people. I mean I know you you do pretty much everything, right? We talked about you being a super yeah. dentist and, and, and being trained accordingly. So I want to talk about like the demographics for that area. Is it going to be more um, mm-hmm. insurance based, or is it going to be more um, you know people or non insurance like fee for service? What what's your what's your your vision right now
1: yeah so the vision is i think every doctor wants to be fee for service but course. i think in order to be fee for service and again maybe i haven't done enough research but from what i what i'm uh, what i've learned is that a little people fee-for- people service you have to almost have like a reputation already that's okay. going to bring patients to you um and you know make them want to pay out of pocket for your services right i with my demographic support i found that um the majority of the people do have private insurance. Okay. Okay. So I say maybe 70% are private, but then there's like 30%, um, is Medicaid. And I think that's partially due to the fact that like it's, it's adjacent to bed style, which is like changing, but not, not as quickly. Okay. And so a lot of the people do still have, uh, like public insurance, like, uh, Medicaid. So, and so you're going
0: to take everything then. See, that's the thing.
1: So, and again, We'll, we'll go back and I'll tell you where I got all this information from. Yes, please. There's actually a, there's a company called Unlock the PPO.
0: Unlock the PPO, okay.
1: Unlock the PPO. So you pay, uh, about $4,000. And essentially what these people do is they, um, they essentially do research on the market that your office is going to be in. They figure out, you know, what insurances the people have, um, who live there, what, which companies are in that area and what, what are the main insurances, um, within those companies. Um, and then what they do is actually they'll sign you up for these insurances, insurances and then negotiate on your behalf to get you the best reimbursement.
0: <laughs> okay. So, so for a yeah. $4,000 flat rate, they do all that for you? Yeah, they do everything for you. Okay. Yeah. And what about continual? Like, let's just say six, you know, six months to a year from now, you want to renegotiate. Do they do that for mm-hmm. you at, at, I'm guessing at another rate?
1: Right. So I actually have not, um, Talk to them yet? So we, we're starting. We've been exchanging some emails. I'm gonna have the conversation with them at some point next week. Okay. Um, after after the holidays. So, um, I believe there may be an additional fee to keep negotiating because they say every two years um, they're up for negotiation again.
0: Gotcha. So
1: we'll see. But to be honest, they say, I mean, based on the other doctors that I've talked to, they've only said good things about it. Good. And they said that it's it's one of the, the crucial things that you need if you are going to accept insurance to make sure that One, you're, you're taking the best insurances. And two, um, you're getting, you're getting reimbursed at the highest rate uh, possible. Okay. For that, for that area.
0: All right. Yep. Well, let's talk. Yeah. Let's now let's talk about banking, right? You had to get yeah. you had to get financed, right? Unless you know you're making money that I don't know about, and then you got to tell me how you're doing <laughs> it, you know. <laughs> but but most of us uh will, will need to go through to a bank or some kind of lender or somebody to to be financed. Did you find that process to be difficult, uh, easy, or how long did it take you to get to that point and then finish the whole negotiation for that?
1: Yeah, man. So um. With the banks, it's, it's been, it's been a journey. I will say, um, it's been easier for me than other people. Again, I've talked to other doctors and they had issues. I think in my case, my credit, my credit is really good. Right. So, um, I, you know, thankfully my dad way back in like 2007 when I went to college, he was like, look, you need to establish credit. So I got a credit card back then and, um, I've been like maintaining a good score all these years. Okay. I have good credit history. Um, but essentially the way you do it, step one, I would say, Talk to the banks. So, and don't just talk to one bank. Talk to multiple banks. I'd say three or four if you can. Okay. Um, so definitely like fill out the, um, like the pre-approval application process. So go through that process. Okay. Um, and then, um, you know, see, see what you could potentially be approved for now. My thing is I realized that, you know, as a dentist growing a startup, they want your business. Like they want to do business with you because at the end of the day, you represent stability. All right. And so they say less than one percent of dental practices nationwide actually fail. Most of them were able to stay close. So for them, they're lending to like a steady, stable client. And so knowing that, I realized for me, that's a form of leverage. And so I try to use that as a way to negotiate. And so I, I applied with Bank of America, Wells Fargo and PNC.
0: OK, so the, um, the big the big three, four.
1: Yeah, there's right. also TD Bank, which I didn't apply for. I probably should have, but. Uh, it was just like overwhelming going through the process. Some of the <laughs> banks actually, <laughs> it was too much. Some of the banks actually want you to, um, they want you to, to submit a business plan. So, you know, you have to get that information together. And e- either way, I do think you should submit a, um, a business plan either way to kind of have all your information together. You right. know, so you know exactly what you're doing when you talk to these people. And, and did you do that? Yeah, I did that. So I actually talked to Carrie, Dr. Carrie. Okay. Your friend, one of your mm-hmm. best
0: friends. Yep, Dr. Cunningham. That's yeah. right.
1: Dr. Cunningham, we never met in person, but she's been a resource to me over the years. Yep, she just she incredible. just opened up hers uh, about two years yeah, ago. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So I reached out to her. I was like, you know, what did you go through? What were the steps? And she actually um, sent me her business plan.
0: That's awesome. And I used that as a template. Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I yeah, mean, man. you know, uh, honestly, let's pause on that because I think, you know, a lot of people think that dentists are very like... uh uh you know, uh, money hungry and, and they're they're very competitive with each other, right? Because it's just like, why would you want to help me if I'm going to be your competitor or your neighbor or whatever it may be? And I, I think right there just speaks to the fact that in the end, there's enough patience. If you do the right dentistry, we should be helping each other. And I, I love that. I absolutely love so that. True. You know what I mean? And yes. I, I think that that's how it should be for everything. You know, if somebody knows something that, hey, you know what? To save you a headache, don't deal with this company or don't do this or don't do that. I think that should be something that we should do more often, to be honest with you.
1: Definitely. You know yes, what I mean? We need to stick together, man. Cause there's so many, so many, um, people out there who are out to get us. Right.
0: Right. I agree.
1: So we, I think we need to kind of lean on each other for, um, for support and, and which is one of the reasons why I like doing this podcast because it's like, me i'm sharing my experience
0: that's it and that's um, that's why you're here yeah you know
1: preventing a headache for other dentists
0: and and you so you know i know the american dental association um Ha- they have templates, you know, that they can give to their members or you can get for free uh, through their website and stuff and different especially uh, also have templates that you use. But I, I love the fact you actually went to somebody who's just done it. Right. So they're like, yeah, listen, yeah. this is BS. This is good. Keep this. Take this out. Whatever it may be. Right. And I mean, I'm yeah. sure each uh, state is going to be different, but the template is a template. Right. It allows you to kind of right. see where what you should have, what numbers you should be looking out for.
1: Definitely, definitely. Right. Let's talk about so, that. Let's
0: talk about your, yeah. your business plan. You know, what What did you really, what did you see that you were like, man, I'm surprised that I have to have that in here. And then what did you say that you were like, you know what, I'm, 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 I knew that this was going to be here.
1: <laughs> so I'll be honest, her business plan was way more detailed than necessary. <laughs> I, I talked to <laughs> I talked to one of the reps in the bank. He was like, okay. Um, and I was like, do I need all this? She literally had, I mean, I can't even explain it. It was broken down. That's how she is. Detail. Yeah. <laughs> Whew, I was like, man, this is a lot. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I say, like, to be honest, you only need the basics, right? So you need to, essentially, the banks want to know, um, you know, if you, if you've done a demographic support, do you know the community? Do you know, like, the, um, the people that you're going to be serving? Like, do you know what you're doing, basically?
2: Got you. Um,
1: they want to see how you're going to break the money down. So you have to, like, kind of explain, um, which percentage of the total amount is going to be, you know, given to, working capital, equipment, and construction, you know, and explain how you're going to break that down. And you have to explain your vision. For me, that was the easy part, explaining like, you know, why you're passionate about it and, you know, what you intend to do once you're open. Um, so to be honest, like, I think if your heart is really in it, it's not, it's not that difficult to do. As long as you have like a template to follow, it'll just, it'll just flow.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. so uh, let's just say that, so you go through the banks The banks kind of tell you, um, okay, yeah, you're approved. How many of those three banks did you actually get approved for? And then how did you decide to, which bank to go with?
1: Well, I got approved by all three. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like Bank of America approved me for 450,000. Um, and I applied for 500,000. Okay. And they were like, uh, no. (laughs) They were were like, no, you need, you need, um, $50,000 cash in the bank. And then we'll supplement it with 450,000 loan. Uh, loan money.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: whereas Wells Fargo, they approved the 4,500, but it was like, um, at a higher interest rate. Mm.
0: Yeah. And what was yeah. the, what yeah. was the interest rate that you were looking for versus what did they get you for? Yeah. I was, I was
1: looking for something around like four. Okay. Um, yeah, I know at, at one point it was up, up there. It was close to like five, mm. over five but I got to prove all of them were close to five starting, right? PNC PNC was like the last, in last place the entire time. And you're, it's interesting because I ended up going with PNC, but I'll tell you why. Okay. But PNC literally just delayed with the entire process. It took me like a month to hear back from them. Whereas Bank of America and Wells Fargo were definitely more aggressive. And they, you know, I went out to dinner, I got free meals. They're like, this is what we can do for you. Okay. And uh, Wells Fargo, when I mentioned that I did that free demographics for it, the rep said, you know what? I'm going to, uh, I'm actually going to, I'm going to pay for a report for you. Wow. At our expense. And I was like, okay. And that's how I was able to get that paid for. But then PNC came out of nowhere with the it was like a 4.2% 4. 4. interest rate. Okay. Right. And I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty good. So then what I did is I took that 4.2 and I went to Bank of America and Wells Fargo. And I said, you know what? This is what PNC's is offering. Can you, can you lower yours? And they said, okay, okay, we'll talk to our bosses. And then I got all those interest rates down. Um At the end of the day, Bank of America finished at three three point nine two percent. So you got below and, the four
0: that you were asking for.
1: Yeah, and then PNC I got three point seven five.
0: There it is.
1: Yep. Okay. And Wells Fargo. The thing is, during the build out, the interest rate is like double. I was like, I'm good. I'm okay. I don't need that. Wow. And <laughs> then also, well, wow. um yeah, I was gonna say Wells Fargo almost like dictates how you can spend the money. So they'll say like. You have this amount for equipment, this amount for, you know, working capital. If you, if you overspend in one area, the money doesn't spill over from another category. And I didn't like that because you never know. My construction may go over. But what if I have like $200,000 left? I can't use any of that for my construction. I didn't like that.
0: Interesting. Um, okay. So yeah, they're very, yeah. they're very limiting on, on what you can do and how you can spend the money that they've actually allocated to you.
1: They'll, they won't, they won't, uh, admit that it's limiting. They'll say we're just making sure that you're not overspending. That's what they'll say. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but if, if you're aware, you, you say, okay, we're all smart enough to, you know, make it through dental school. We can, we can handle money. We should be able to kind of figure out, like, okay, if you're overspending in one area. Well, yeah, you, I, I would, I would guess.
0: You know what I will say though, uh, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that because I know a lot of dentists that spend just st- stupid amount of money for no reason. Right, just because they right. wanna kinda show off and be like, Oh, you know what I need right now? I need that uh, you know, hundred thousand dollar scanner. It's like, but you, mm. you haven't even seen a single patient. No, I need that though. That's what my friend over there has, so ah. therefore I need to have that, you know. So I, I can honestly say sometimes dentists are stupid with their money. You know what hey, I mean? You're right. But you're right. but but again, if you're building a, a building and, and you are like yourself have a plan, why would they say if they give you five hundred Give me 500. Mm-hmm. Let me spend it how I want to spend the 500.
1: Exactly. You know what
0: I mean? Don't, if I, if, if I ask for 600, you know, if I get 500 and then all of a sudden I'm asking for another 100,000, now I'm being silly. You know what I mean? So, that's true.
1: That's true. What, so, what's interesting is, um, you know, it, it came down to Bank of America and PNC and literally right. I just, I decided on the bank maybe two weeks ago, which is crazy because my, my landlord was waiting for me to, um, to give him the money so that everything could be official. Right. And, and I'll tell you, I actually got penalized by that. By delaying everything, so uh-huh. so I, why I, did you so, delay? So oh man, so I was delaying because
0: I I hope my landlord is not listening to the podcast. But <laughs> 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 well, go ahead, no, no. If you, if you, if you, so, if you, tell us what you tell us what you want him to hear.
1: Yeah. So listen, the um the entire time I knew that I was going to go with this case, but I didn't let the landlord know that. Okay. So I was like, okay, I want these things. You know, I went, and again, we have to, we have to, I guess, take a few steps back at some point and talk about that process of negotiating with the landlord. Right. But, um, you know, the landlord, I knew, like, based on our initial negotiations, I knew that at some point, um, I knew at some point I would sign. And so what I did was I tried to delay the signing so that I could get a a bunch of stuff done behind the scenes before making it official so I can get more free time. (laughs) That that makes sense. Yeah, I got, I negotiated seven months free rent. Um, nice. and I didn't want that to, I didn't want that to start until I had everything in order. I didn't want to waste time. And so what happened was I hired my lawyer. She did some nego- negotiating with the landlord. And, um, I, at the same time, the banks were going back and forth. We kept like, you know, kept lowering everything. And so I was like, I'm going to keep pushing this out until I can get the best deal. Right. And so what happened was, um, I, I, I decided to go with PNC. And then Bank of America came out of nowhere and they said, Look, this is why PNC is terrible. Don't go with them. They're gonna force you to make the the uh full payments after one year. I was like, Oh man, I'm doing a startup, this is pretty terrible. I don't know if I'll be able to afford the full amount by my second year. Bank of America has more of like a graded system or graduating case there where you know you pay back, you know, one thousand the first year, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand. Mm-hmm. As the years go on, and so I was like, Man. So what I did is um I went back to PNC and I was like you know, I need a little bit more security because I don't want to be stuck with this big payment if I don't have patience after the first year. And so um, I I basically got the PNC rep to put it in writing that if necessary, I can get interest only payments for as long as I need.
0: See, I like that. I, I, I that. love what you just did right there. You basically yeah. went back and forth between the two, right? And said, this mm-hmm. is the, what he just told me or she told me. This is what I'm hearing from you. How do I make sure that, that I'm, I'm basically covered? You know, and then the fact that you had them write it down is solid. I, I, I tell yep. everybody, I don't care what you say to me. It's what you yep. write down for me. <laughs> you know, that matters.
1: Yep. Yeah, I told the rep. I said, you may not even, at least I'm giving you my word. I'll do it for you. I'll, I'll give you something. I said, you may not even be here in you Right. So, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, seriously. And they, all of these people I work with, they say, man, you're like so thorough. I've never worked with somebody as thorough as you. I'm like, there's a lot on the line here. That's okay, so it. So I want to make sure I'm protected.
0: That's it. That is, that's exactly, yeah. that's awesome, man. So, so now that, mm-hmm. you, so you negotiated with your landlord, you negotiated to get yep. your, you ended up going with PNC. Give us a summary yep. of why PNC. Yeah, so PNC has been my primary bank for almost over 10 years. Me too. Mm-hmm. You know, in Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah, they get you. You sign up as a student
1: and I've only had good experiences with them. And on top of that, they, they had the lowest interest rate, 3.75. And, um, and on top of that, they're, it's pretty easy to get more money if I need it. I know okay. a few people who, who've gone with PNC and they've actually been approved for like an additional 100 or 200,000 mm. if necessary. Yep. And it's pretty easy to request money. All I have to do is text my rep and he'll put more money in my account. That's awesome. Whereas with uh, Bank of America, you need like, you know, uh, a bunch of paperwork and it just takes a while. So I just wanted an easy process. That's what it is.
0: And do you think that PNC does that because they're a smaller bank than Bank America or Wells Fargo? So they kind of want that business for you?
1: Yes, a thousand percent. I think they're more willing to like give a lower interest rate and like, you know what I mean? Put things in writing that are good for me because at the end of the day, it's good business for them. At the end of, they're going to, they're going to pop it off with the interest. So come on. I think they, they recognize the, um, like the potential money that they can make from it. And right. the stability of having a dentist. That's right.
0: It. Okay. So now let's talk yeah. about, let's talk about, um, negotiating with, the um, the landlord. You know, what okay. were you looking for? I mean, cause you've never done this before, right? So what no. resources did you, you know, uh, find that allowed you to kind of do a proper negotiation with the landlord?
1: Yeah. I think I got lucky in this, this case or blessed because, uh, the real estate agent that, um, that I've been working with, so normally when you, when you reach out to a real estate agent, they're working for the landlord. Right. Because they're trying to, you know, um uh, rent so, the space. Yeah. Right. Right. So, but this, this company, um, that I've been working with, they're, they're one of the most popular in Brooklyn because they work on behalf of the potential, um, tenant.
2: Mm.
1: Right. Which I, you know, I didn't know anything about this, but so before we even talked to the landlord, he, we put together something called a letter of intent and the letter of intent basically puts um, all the things that you want to negotiate um before the lease is even written. And then the landlord, you and the landlord can go back and forth and negotiate the letter of intent. Um, and so a few things that I wanted was one thing that was very important. It's, a, it's called a good guy guarantee. So after five years, let's say my business is struggling, right? Okay, I can back out or I can ba- basically break the lease after five years. It's mm. a 10 year lease. Okay. 10 year lease. But so I'm not trapped for a full decade um uh, if I'm not, if I'm not doing well. So that was one thing. Um, another thing was the seven months free, right? Cause I need, I need time for the build. I need time for construction. Right. A lot of the landlords in New York City won't give you that time. Hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing or the most important thing that, I, that I negotiated was the, the actual amount, the monthly amount that I'm going to need to pay. Um, so originally it was $7,000 a month. Man, I negotiated that down to five.
0: Woo! You should start your own, uh, you should start your own business where you just go negotiate for other dentists. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man, we got it down to 5,000. Wow. And and really when I met with the landlord, he's like, why should we do this? And I was like, stability. I'm giving you a, I'm going to be a stable tenant, you know, uh, for the next 10 years. And the reality is that if I can't, if my practice isn't generating money, I still have the ability to work as an associate. In New York City, I can find a job. At any point, right? Even if it's just to make enough money to pay you your rent, <laughs> so you don't have to you don't have to worry about not getting your money, man. He's like, okay, okay. So yeah, man. So that that's that was awesome. that
0: was huge. That's awesome. That was huge.
1: Okay, so yeah, but I, wow. I was gonna say, I think for people who um, you know, if they're not lucky enough to find a real estate agent that's gonna work on their behalf, you can you can find a real estate agent that will work on your behalf. There are guys out there who um who will work for you. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so you
0: recommend people, if they're going to go into this kind of negotiation, should find a real estate agent for themselves to kind of represent them as well.
1: Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And there are also people out there. I, I had a conversation with a guy. He's a He considers himself a real estate uh, consultant. And essentially what he does is he's not even a lawyer, but he has lawyers who work for him and he will he would do all the negotiating on your bathroom. His price was like seven thousand Flat fee and I was like, Nah, man, that's a car. That I'm is not a car. Seven thousand dollars
0: do that. I mean, you I load my- your you load your rent right. from seven thousand right. down. Why would I do that? And pay all of a sudden. Exactly.
1: And he was like, Let me do some research. Let me do research. And he, I guess, looked into it. And he was like, You know what? You're you're the, the price you're paying is well below market. He's like, There's nothing for me to do. And I was like, Yeah. So why why are we have this conversation? There's <laughs> nothing. <laughs> because he was like, You know, you could pay me 200 two hundred two hundred an hour. I was like, For what? I've already done the negotiator He's like, you're right, you're right. Okay, well, if you know anybody else, um, you know, send them my way. Walter, I'll give you this information after. I'll send you all these people. Yes, people that I work with. Uh, I would,
0: I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Um, let's talk about your team. So, I, I can guarantee you, weren't doing all this. You weren't writing the, the contract yourself, right? So, what team hmm. do you have right now? Besides, uh, you know, you, you, I'm guessing you said the lawyer. Who else is? Yeah. On your, who else is on your, your your dream team?
1: My dream team, yeah, man. So I have. Um, I do have my lawyer. She she um, uh, healthcare specific. Okay. So her dad was a dentist, and so she's been in the, the field for a long time. Okay. And she's incredible. Again, I'll give you her information. Incredible to the point that she was negotiating with my landlord, and he he was like, "You should work for me." <laughs> <laughs> he goes, like, "You should come and work for my team." And I was like, "And and she's affordable. She charged me two thousand five hundred flat fee.
0: Oh my lord! To, to
1: negotiate my lease for a few months."
0: Wow, lawyers laurel, don't ever charge a flat fee. They usually, every time she they sneeze, they charge you for that. That's true. Wow,
1: and She's okay. like, you know, I understand, you know, we'll be doing business in the future. I was like, yeah. So I have my lawyer. I hired um, a dental-specific architect. Okay. And i saying tell you, the price for him is about 25000 Okay. Okay. Um, which I think is a little bit high, but that's like below average in New York. And this guy, he sent me his portfolio. I've seen the work that he's done. Some of the offices that he's, he's working, very knowledgeable. Um, and so I paid like a $4,000 retainer for him. And then as we go along, I'm going to pay uh, small amounts, um, until the full amount is paid off. Right. So I have my, my architect. I had the real estate guy. Uh, I'm in the process now of getting contractors and the architect is going to, um, actually put me in the direction of a few good contractors. And then we'll do some negotiating and bidding, um, so that I can figure out which contract I'm going to be working with. Uh, who else? I feel like there's so many other people. Bro, you know who the biggest, the Mm. biggest resource, believe it or not, has been Facebook and social media. Okay, talk about that. Everything that I know, everything that I'm explaining so far, I learned from Facebook. (laughs) Okay. um, Give me, give
0: me some places. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's a, there's a a Facebook group and then they also have a podcast. It's called The Making of a Dental Startup. Okay. All right. So when you go on there, it's literally, I think now probably 8,000 dentists who are, who are uh, somewhat involved in the startup process. Some of them have their own practices. Some of them are, you know, at the, the preliminary stages. I mean, literally, all they do is, like, post uh, a bunch of questions. They'll post, like, uh live videos of their experiences. They post a bunch of information. And li- literally, what I did this summer was I searched the entire page. Like, I went through their research, Um and I went back to all the posts going back to, like, 2017. And that's where I got all my information from. And That's some people, awesome. they'll pay, they'll pay a consultant like $50,000 to do all this stuff for you. $50,000, that could be a CT scanner. That could <laughs> right. Be a bunch of things. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Why do that when I can find the information now? It's readily available. And then once you, you know, once you're, um, you start exploring, one thing leads to the next. And then before you know it, there's like this network of, of people who are all part of this like community on Facebook. And, and if you post a question, you'll literally get an answer from, you know, 10 different dentists who have gone through. It. That's, awesome. That's been my my greatest resource uh, so far.
0: Do you think that can you know, like you said, Facebook allows you to do so much if you if you have the time and patience? And you know, I had another friend of mine that was just on here. She was a pediatric dentist that just opened her practice, and she mentioned mm-hmm. how Facebook was really like, uh, you know, very very good for her when it came Is that to Abby? That's yeah, Abby? yeah, Abby, you know, Abby, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yep. So you know, she talked about how important Facebook was for even building her her practice. Right. Because yeah. she kind of found where the meetups were, uh, where what yep. events were happening in her community that she has her practice in, which is less than five, 15 minutes away. I'm sorry, from where I live, you know, so oh, wow. so she's doing well, you know what I mean? And and so I see that Facebook is really building up a lot, you know. So the question for you is, how do you, you know, kind of balance that out with uh, maybe uh, someone who could be a consultant? Would you go to consultant route or would you just strictly stick to Facebook? And what did you do?
1: Yeah, I think it depends on how, like, active you want to be in the process. So I have a friend, she, um, she opened a a practice in, in Manhattan, and she, um, she didn't want to be involved at all. Okay. She, 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 she hired a consultant, they, you know, picked everything, the equipment, the, the, you know, the contractor, and I mean, you name it, they did all that work for her. Her office is one of the most beautiful offices that I've ever seen. Right. But, um, I think what happened was at the end of the day, she didn't have any working capital.
2: Mm. No money for
1: marketing or anything like that. So you have this beautiful office, but it was like a very slow. I think she's doing better now.
2: It right. was like a slow
1: start because she didn't have any money to, um, to advertise. Market herself. And, oh, okay, right, okay. right. So I think I think if you um, if you if you do want to be involved in the process, which I think if, if this is going to be your office that you're going to be in, and this is your dream that you're bringing to fruition, I think you know you should be involved in it. Do your research. All the information is out there. I just don't believe in paying somebody fifty thousand dollars for information.
0: <laughs> <Right>. I agree. <laughs> information is free. I free. agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So <laughs> let's talk about the the um, just where you are right now. Let's talk yep. about where you are right now. So you've got the location. You have yep. had everything kind of contracted out. You got the money now from PNC. Yep. Okay. So yep. so now what? So we got the contractor about to begin. I mean, are we building yep. right now? What's going on?
1: No, nah, so we. Um, my architect is finishing some some last-minute drawings. Okay. And then once we have the drawings, then we'll take those drawings to the contractors. Um, oh, another thing, you need to get uh, an equipment guy. You need somebody from an equipment company to, before you even sign the lease, and I, I guess this is kind of out of order, but taking a few steps back, yeah. you, need, um, you need the equipment specialist to come through and look at the space and say, Yes or no, this can't be used for a dental office.
0: Mm. And wh- yeah. how did you go through that? Cause I know sometimes the big companies like the Henry Shine and stuff can, can, help you out with that. Like, how did, you, where did you go for that?
1: Yeah. So just like everything else, I reached out to multiple equipment, uh, uh, companies. Mm-hmm. Banco, Henry Shine, Patterson, all of them. Those are the big three. I reached out to them and I, I basically explained, okay, I'm going to start up. This is, I, I need equipment. Um, and you provide a drawing to the architect. So the architect will request that drawing from the equipment guys. Okay. So you definitely need it first. So they do like a, almost like a, a general layout of like where the ops might be and just to give the architect a rough draft of like where everything's going to be and how the equipment is going to fit into the space. And then once you get that, then the architect can actually do the drawings, um, and finish everything with, with detail. Okay. But, uh, what I did is yeah. I originally started with Henry Shine. And the guy, you know, the rep is, you know, super cool, very popular in New York, but Henry Shine is known as being one of the more expensive equipment companies. Okay. You, you, will spend a lot of money. Um, I've heard sometimes like double what you'll pay for like bank or the other one. Mm. And so I, I told him, he was like, yeah, you know, Dr. Black, I want you to work exclusively with me. I don't want you to look anywhere else. And I said, you know what? I don't, I don't like that. I don't like to be blocked into anything. Right. Let me do my research and then I'll come back to you if you guys are the best deal. And we're good. He's like, no, but I can provide great service to you, quality service. I was like, that I understand that's important, but right now I'm doing a startup and money. I mean, money is power right now. I need, I need yeah, all the ma- money. Yeah, money is tight. Yeah, so why would I not give myself options to find the low, the lowest paying, um, or the lowest amount for like the equipment and whatnot? Right. And then right. just from my research, I found you know that some of these other equipment companies, um, you know the the fees are a lot less for for the different equipment, and there are other companies. There's a company called Torch, and I'll again send you that information. Torch essentially is almost like a, um, what they'll do is, it's almost like Expedia for dental supplies, and maybe you can use this while you're in your office. Okay. Um, but basically what they do is, you, you basically give them a list of the materials that you commonly use, and then, um, they, they actually research the market and figure out, you know, what Henry Shine is charging, what banco is charging, what eBay, what they, what you can find on eBay.
2: Okay. And then they
1: actually give you a price lower than that. And what they do is, um, it's free. It's actually free to you. But they profit off of the the savings.
0: That's what it is.
1: Okay. Yeah, man. So look into that for sure. see, that's beautiful.
0: That's awesome. And I I know people would love to. And and what's the name of that that, that company again? It's Torch. T-O-R-C-H. T-O-R-C-H. Perfect. Okay, yeah. See, something like that would be perfect for me. I know anytime you put dental in front of uh, anything, right, uh, it's going to be double the price. Dental mouthwash double the price True. you know what i mean like yeah. anytime we say dental it's kind of like a wedding anytime you say wedding cake all of a sudden you're paying triple what what a normal <laughs> cake cost i know that i've had to deal with that you know so that's yeah. wonderful that you have these kinds of uh discounted um services that would allow you to again stay within that budget you know what i mean exactly um exactly. what overall like what advice if you say you know what I'm going to give advice to somebody, and I want to bring you on for like the the, the final, right? This is a trilogy. Mm-hmm. I want to bring you on in a few months when you've started, so that you can talk about what you're learning about hiring people, what you what you're seeing when it comes to the office and the startup. So I'm going to bring you back in a few months, and so we can kind of do the the, the final uh, final saga, you know? That's good. Um, but but I want to know so far what has been the easiest thing that you've had to deal with, and what's been the hardest.
1: Okay. Wow. OK. I think the easiest thing that I had to deal with was actually the um, the architect, the architect. Literally, this guy knows his stuff and um, he he's kind of guided me through a bunch of other things because he works with a lot of starter practices. So uh, that is my recommendation. Hire a dental specific architect because they know, you know, they, they do it so often. They know the way things should be done and they can give you advice about a bunch of different things. That, that may not even be relevant to architecture right um so that that's been like the easiest process um I think the hardest thing really has been just managing everything man um trying to negotiate a bunch of things not really having like a background in any of this you're kind of just going on a whim um you have to be very very thorough and um I think that that's been the hardest thing to be honest just like balancing everything while working you know, my other associate positions while, you know, dealing with my personal life as well. I think that's been, that's probably been the most challenging thing. You know what I mean? I think, um, and and because of that, a lot of things have been delayed. And even with the the landlord, he got, he got upset because I I kept delaying everything. Right. And, um, what happened was he actually, uh, so it was like, I was going to sign my lease December 20th. He got so upset. He said, you know what? Your effective date is December 1st. So he moved it back. I lost like three weeks of time. Hmm. Trying to, trying to delay things intentionally and unintentionally. Right. <laughs> delaying right, everything. Right, right. Um, and so I think that's the hardest part. Like if you don't have like a mentor or somebody kind of guiding you through it, you can, you can almost like misstep or do things the wrong way. And then you penalize it at the end, you know, because you don't, um, because you don't know really. And I think that, that's been the, the biggest thing. I, I think that's the challenge. That's the challenge of, of doing a startup without a consultant for sure.
0: Got you. And do you think that you would do this again or would you just buy a practice that's already established?
1: I I would do it again. Okay. You know why? Because for me, location is the most important thing. And so, um, you know, I know for a fact that I'll be in, in the location that I want to be in. I will be in a brand new building. I'll be in a, an office that I'm essentially designing from scratch. Like this is my my baby, my project. Right. You know what I mean? I'm I'm starting it from scratch, it's mine. And everything will be brand new. So at the end of the day, I, I, you know, I have the opportunity to kind of to start my brand from scratch and really make it into something amazing from the beginning. Whereas when you take over a practice, you, you almost inherit, um, the good and bad. Yeah, the baggage. You know what I mean? It's the baggage, good and bad baggage for sure. Definitely. And I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to what, what is most important to you. It is more risky. It's, it's riskier to, um, to do a startup because you're literally starting from nothing. But at the same time, I think long term, I'll be happier because I'm like, I did that. And even if I fail, to be honest, I'll be fine with that because it's like, I pursued my dream. That's it. So that's why I don't even have any regrets so far. I, I won't have any regrets because it's like, you know, and, and I think I told you before, life is short. Right. So you got to really just like, like do what's best for you and, and, and do it without fear.
0: That's it. You know, I will say, I've known you for a long time. I I doubt you're the 1%. I doubt you're the less than 1% that fail. I absolutely doubt that. You. you, I mean, what you're basically telling everybody that's listening is you have an ability that a lot of people don't, right? The ability to work your butt off, make sure that everything goes according to plan, make sure that you Mm -hmm. negotiate for what you want, and don't settle for anything but the that's best, right. so I doubt that you're gonna fail. Yep. Others, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say they're probably gonna fail, but not you. I doubt that you're gonna fail. So, so I need you to continue to, you know, strive forward. Um, just yeah. because I know that a dentist like yourself is something that's needed in dental in dentistry, and that's why this podcast was started to kind of interview somebody that makes dentists look good. You know, because there's so many other negative things going on in dentistry right now, and people are right. have bad, you know, vibes about dentists. But you definitely are gonna do it, and you're doing well with it. So, you know, we're just going to pause it here and we're going to say, bring you, you know, come back for the final installment in a few months so we can go ahead mm-hmm. and hear from you and see how it's going in your own practice.
1: Definitely. I will say before we end, anybody who's out there, um, you know, questioning whether or not to like take the leap of faith, mm-hmm. just do it, man. Just do it. If, if everything in you is saying like, you know, you're not happy and, and, and this is the route that you need to take. Just do it and, and, and everything else will fall into place. Do your research and make sure you're thorough and reach out to people. I I mean, I'll be a resource to whoever, you know, needs information. I'm still learning, but again, I'll, I'll teach you the things that I've learned, but just do it because I, I highly doubt that I'll have any regrets at the end. When I'm sitting back and my practice is going well, I'll be happy. I'll be content with life.
0: Oh, man. That's awesome. That's beautiful to hear, man. And, and how can they reach out to you just in case they have questions so that they, you can become a mentor for somebody else and go from there?
1: Yeah, you can reach out to me. You can, um, you can find me on Facebook and it's Corey L. Black, DMD. You can follow my professional page too. It's Please. Dr. Corey Black, Dr. Corey Black. And then, um, the same
0: thing on Instagram, Dr. Corey Black. Have you, then, uh, 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 have you come up with a name for your practice yet?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, I had a name, but then, Again, and we have to, I got to talk about that too later on. Yeah, we
0: will.
1: Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, with the corporation, I couldn't use the name. Got you. I ended up coming up, coming up with the name on the spot. The name is going to be Smilespace.
0: SmileSpace, Got you. Okay. Well, yeah. we look forward to Smilespace being there, and then we'll follow Smilespace whenever uh, it comes about. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank well, you. My man. Enjoy your time. Um, we appreciate you as always. And uh, we will, again, bring this um, saga to a close here uh, in a few months, and we'll go from there. All right? Uh, yes. Thank you, Mike me. All right, no problem. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an s, at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R E A L, dentist with an s at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.